0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial
1: planning decision. October 7. Tomorrow's my birthday. Woohoo! I say the date on occasion just so you know that it's a live show. I've been live pretty much so since March. Um, there were some technical issues here and there, but pretty much so. Might take a day off soon, just warning you. Big stories of the day, you want to hear them? The Dow jumps 450 points. woo I'm rich. Uh, <laughs> but Weren't we down 450 yesterday? At one point we were, but not. we didn't end up that down. So today we're higher than we were yesterday. I bring this up as we have kind of a schizophrenic Approached the policy right now. Um, What do I mean by that? We've been saying for the better part of two months, looks like the economy might need a little more stimulus. And let's just say the Democrats said, we need $10 trillion. I'm making that up. And the Republicans said, no, you need $1. And we got down to like 2.4 trillion versus 1.6 trillion. Now this is the Senate. No, 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 no. This is Nancy Pelosi talking to the White House, saying, let's get our numbers close. Let's craft a bill. Then we'll send it to the Senate, see what they're going to do. It's been a she loves me, she loves me not. It's been a schizophrenic light switch on, off, on, off, on, off. And the markets have generally trended lower in that period of time. But also not breaking. Do we need stimulus? I'm thinking we do from everything that I read, from some of the stuff I see, uh, I'm thinking the jobs number is particularly the one that I stick on. Uh, We lost 22 million jobs. We've replaced 12 million of them. We've gotten back 12 million of them. We're naturally going to create jobs in the country as our population grows. So you gotta be careful about how much you start reading into any of this. Um, Trump is known for the art of the deal being a tough negotiator. I don't know, if he, did he succeed with China or do we think we lost on that? Both countries are still alive. We're not throwing nuclear bombs at each other. It looks like it's for another administration to try to work something out with China because China doesn't want to look weak. The United States don't want to look weak. And yet we're the two biggest economic superpowers in the world. I won, I won. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think we're gonna hear that on uh, Friday after the election I know you're saying are you saying your political views no I think he's going to say it whether he wins or loses (laughs) that's just my guess oh I need a break from politics are you there yet I'm not going to watch the debate tonight I'll read about it tomorrow I need a break maybe a little San Diego LA Dodgers baseball and of course I'm pulling for San Diego because LA sucks right that's what we say In California, at least, Northern California. Oh, and it would be great. It's horrible for me to say, but I do like sports stories. I think they're so dramatic. If Kershaw implodes again, the man is a genius pitcher. But during the playoffs, things tend not to break his way or the Dodgers' way. I don't even know if that's true or not. The Oakland A's look like they're on the verge of being eliminated by the cheating Houston Astros. The New York Yankees, the Bronx Bombers. What an entertaining squad of... They either strike out or hit home runs. There's no singles or doubles in baseball. There's just home runs and strikeouts. And that's my review of the postseason. You know what stinks? The NBA probably has one more game left. The NHL finished. Baseball's got two more weeks, three more weeks, something like that. And then we got no sports again for a while. Well, we got college, but it looks like the NBA and NHL aren't going to open up till late December, early January, and they're going to have a reduced schedule. I'm going to miss sports again. Anyhow, where do I go from here? All the markets are higher today. Yesterday, she loves me, not turns into today, she loves me. Uh, S&P 500 up 47, the Dow's up 449, the NASDAQ up 153, the Russell up 28. The Russell's the biggest winner of the group. If I had to pick one of those right now for the next year, two years, it's going to be the Russell. Uh, because the S P 500 has had a great run, the NASDAQ has had a fantastic run. The Dow, I just don't like the Dow. It's got components in it that I just don't care for. I don't, Boeing's there. Uh, yuck. You know what I'm saying? It's just a stock that I don't want to own. I don't want to be a part of. Do I think it has a great trade in it? Yes. If they get recertified, yes. The 737 max. But I'm not going to play the crystal ball on that one other than to say it should get recertified at some point. But I've been saying that about stimulus and have I been right or have I been wrong? Generally speaking, I'm right. But in this case, I didn't think it was going to take this long. Yesterday, the markets tanked today. They were rocking. President Trump tweeted support, I want to say late evening last night for aid for airlines, small businesses. And he says, hey, Nancy in that creepy Donald Trump kind of way, hey, Nancy, send over a bill and I'll send $1,200 checks to every American. Woo! Free money! Okay, it's not that exciting, is it? Or maybe it is. So he's now saying, let's limit the scope. Ultimately, what I think it comes down to is we've become very bipartisan and Republicans want for Republican states and Democrats want for Democrat states. I don't know if that's true. That's as far as I'm going to analyze it for you. It, and again, it's fair to say the Senate would have to approve anything anyway. So we're, we're a long way off. McDonald's is adding bakery items to their menu. Ba-da, ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. You can get a blueberry muffin, an apple fritter, or a cinnamon roll starting October 28th. Um, work from home has been hit hard. No, no, work from home has hit breakfast restaurant sales hard. Congress is looking into the big tech monopolies, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, and Google, and yet they're all higher today. They've been compared in a 449-page report from Congress as coming from the mindset of the era of oil barons and railroad tycoons. The big question is, can Congress ever do anything about it? Don't ask that to Microsoft, because they did do something about it to Microsoft, Um, the distraction of being in court is never a good thing. When I left a business 21 years ago on the East coast, um, I found out they were stealing from me, so I had to get a lawyer involved and that whole process stank. It was four or five months of my life was just destroyed because I was in a legal process. I don't like legal processes. Sorry, lawyers. That's why I highly recommend divorce mediation over divorce attorneys. You once loved this person. Don't don't think you're going to win in the state of California because you don't. Split things up fairly. Move on. Divorce mediator, five to ten thousand dollars. Divorce attorney, thirty to forty thousand dollars. I know a guy who spent over $100,000 on a divorce attorney because his ex kept yelling at the judge. And I can teach you one thing about courts. Don't yell at the judge. If I teach you one thing and one thing only, it ain't going to get you anywhere. Anyway, all stocks across the board look like they're up today. I'm not seeing one that's down. Apple, Nike, Tesla, NVIDIA, Snowflake, Fiverr, Simon Property, Starbucks, Live Nation, Carnival Cruises. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. We've lost a lot during COVID. We've also gained a lot. What have we lost? The COVID-19 pandemic has killed lots of restaurants. Um... Ruby Tuesday filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy on Wednesday. That's today. They're going to look to reduce their debt and reemerge from bankruptcy down the road. Sizzler, an 80s restaurant icon. I remember back in the 80s, I was like, I want to eat at Sizzler. As a kid, like that, if my dad took me to steak, like your dad had six kids. He wasn't going to take us to a steak dinner unless it was a cheap steak dinner. And it had a buffet. Keep in mind it was five boys. (laughs) also known as Big Meat Eaters. Um, so as an 80s restaurant icon. It was known for an all-you-can-eat buffet. They filed for bankruptcy. California Pizza Kitchen filed for bankruptcy. Um, Chuck E. Cheese, a lot of Wendy's franchisees, Pizza Hut franchisees, Dave and Buster's, uh, they warned in September that they may have to file for bankruptcy. This is starting to add up. There's one called Soup Plantation soup plantation it's it says plantation with the word Sioux in front of Sioux plantation um company called bamboo food first um that we've lost a lot but i'm hoping when we look back at this we say that we've also gained a lot i think we've learned uh video conferencing technologies that should make our work week less driving which should help with less consumption of gasoline. I'm not getting into carbon fuel conversations. Not going to go there today. But that's a positive. Um, we, we can say the same thing about education. I have no problem with, I don't think online learning is as good as in-person learning. But I think in-person learning needs to be revisited anyway. And this is a good time to do it. Um, We've grown up with our children in K through 12 as if it was 250 years ago. The system hasn't changed that much. Um, Maybe the system should be changed, updated, modernized, looked at again with a a fresh pair of eyes. Um, Some of the treatments for uh, getting sick, either viral or diseases, Um, we seem to be making a lot of progress. with the speed of studying the stuff, let's face it, our economy shut down pretty hard for a while there. We don't want to do that again. And if we can pull some of this forward, I love it. If we can get positives out of it, I love it. Um, big study came out this week, Piper Sandler's semi-annual survey, and it's, it's heavily focused on teenagers. And yesterday I hit some of the results on how they're spending less on clothes, more teens than ever planned to buy an iPhone ahead of Apple's expected launch of 5G devices. Yesterday, Apple teased a an event, and it, it teased the word speed inside the event. So 5G phone, right? And we knew they were going to be about a month late, and this is about a month after their last watch update. So this is about right. Uh, but Amazon and Apple continue to get market share. Teens want it. I told you the moment I figured out Apple was going to be a strong investment for a long time. And um, I own shares of Apple. Only recently did I sell any of my shares of Apple. So I made a lot of wealth by owning it for a long period of time. I was at the gym and I saw everyone had iPhones. And then you start seeing everyone had the white cords in their ear. Then you started seeing the white wireless earbuds. Then you start, it's like, they're not going away. It's a status symbol. Um, do you remember Brooke Shields in the eighties ad campaign for Jordache? Nothing comes between me and my Jordache. I might be making that ad campaign up because I just wanted to say Brooke Shields, she kind of had a unibrow, right? She had something going on up there. Um, but yesterday we learned that 63 to 65% year over year, the change was more kids think Amazon is a great app on their phone. And that means they're still growing. And those are going to be shoppers for life more than likely. 86% of respondents own an iPhone, up from 83% in the fall of 2019. Respondents who said their next phone would be an iPhone hit 89% from 86% last year. Um, I have Apple products, and I'll have Apple products forever. I, I know that sounds too dramatic, but the reason I'm saying that is I made a choice on ecosystem I bought, let's say this first Star Wars movie, I bought it on Google, I bought it on Amazon, and I was like, no, stick with one platform. So I, I finally bought it on iTunes. It was the platform I just, that's the one I wanted. I don't like physical stuff, I like digital stuff, for sure. Um, but increased penetration and tension are incredibly important for maturing premium smartphones. Um, the Apple Watch is still the top smartwatch for teenagers. The only 30% say they own a device. We know that in 2021 or 2022, it was expected 2021, that Apple's going to be coming out with some sort of augmented reality glasses. They say the first generation will stink. The second generation will be great. Um, so if there are 30% watches with teenagers, that's one out of three teenagers. That's pretty good they still have room to grow 54% of the respondents said Amazon was their favorite retailer. Um, the next highest competitor was shine S H E I N. I've never heard of it. And Nike each at 5%. Some kids like to deck out all an app in Nike, huh? Um, teens playing video games daily rose to 31%. So essentially one in three teenagers play video games every single day. And that's up from 26% in the spring, which maybe you could say is pre-pandemic. Respondents who said they've never played a video game have dropped from 35% down to 31%. Big winner there is Activision's Call of Duty. Interest in the next generation of consoles for teenagers, 63%. Say they plan to buy one within the next two years, either the Sony PlayStation 5 or the Microsoft Xbox Series X. Um, Teenagers are so important to study. They're so important to understand their value to adding to a company's brand and sticking with it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing more. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or Biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. It has been a very interesting six weeks. We had four down weeks in a row, then we had one up week, and this week we started probably moving higher until Trump tweeted yesterday. And then another tweet last, well, yesterday we dipped big, bigly. And then another tweet last night, and we're right back to where we were, even 100 points higher. Let's bring Ben Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. I start my day every day with his page one column. It is chock full of great information and insights on the markets. Um, how are you, Mr. O'Hare?
0: Hey, Rob, I'm doing okay. Um,
1: Hanging in there with all the volatility. (laughs) Do you like the volatility or does it stress you out?
0: Um, I do not like the volatility. uh, I'd say I skew more toward the uh, uh, investor mindset, but uh, I do recognize that, you know, volatility like this is something that uh, is right up the trader's alley. And uh, and there's a lot to be excited about in that respect. So,
1: Lots going on yesterday, and you referred to it as clap on, clap off. I'd say she loves me, she loves me not, as far as stimulus goes, and (laughs) we're on the same page. What did you make of yesterday's, I'm shutting down, I'm not talking to you, after Steve, after, uh, not Mnuchin, but Federal Reserve Jerome Powell basically begged Congress, pleaded with them to get some stimulus done. Within a couple hours, Trump takes stimulus off the table well how did that how did that go down at your offices yesterday? Well,
0: you know, I think maybe one of the the bigger points that doesn't get talked about enough uh, is yeah. even in the course of these negotiations where it sounded like the House Speaker and the Treasury Secretary were making some inroads toward getting to some pot type of deal possibly uh, was that even those no see- Negotiation might have been all for naught anyway, because you certainly weren't getting any strong signals from the Senate Majority Leader McConnell that, uh, you know, that the Senate was going to be on board with, you know, a plan that it was, you know, talked about it being you know one point six to upwards of two point two trillion dollars. You know, um, the Senate's skinny version was more in the neighborhood of five hundred billion, I believe. And so, um, so I think that you know the Again, the point that kind of gets lost in in the weeds here is that, yeah, that would have been great if we'd gotten some type of stimulus, but the odds of it actually getting through the Senate, I think, you know, were really quite low, and we might have been in the same boat anyway, just uh, perhaps the president's tweet just, you know, moved up the the timeline in terms of headline disappointment, but – you know, the ability to quickly bounce back here uh, is being attributed to the idea that you might get some standalone fiscal aid. But I think, again, uh, the bigger point is that the market is is starting to resolve in its own mind that it will get fiscal stimulus of some kind. It's just a matter of how much and when and uh, who's going to be doing the driving.
1: Good stuff. Um, we got the debate tonight. So a lot of politics still in the news. I personally don't like it when politics bleeds into stock markets. It just makes me very uncomfortable speaking for watching what I say and making sure I'm not upsetting one side or the other. Um, One of the angles that you brought up was Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. It seems like we have his stimulus. We have his low cost of money for two more years. Is that enough or do you think we need stimulus? Are you picking up when I'm put it down, or can you stretch it a little further for me? Sure, Um, you know, and I I share your
0: uh, reticence to talk politics, um, you know, especially in such a partisan culture these days. And um, but you know, as a market analyst, I mean, the market is clearly being whipsawed by you know the stimulus negotiations, and the market is uh, suggesting to to us that there is a need for further stimulus. Um, And I think it's been able to get its mind around that as it hears people like Fed Chair Powell and, uh, you know, economists at reputable firms, you know, talk about the impact of there not being stimulus and how it could ultimately prolong the recovery and lead to more permanent job losses and, uh, and, and lower spending activity. And of course, you know, Consumer spending drives the U.S. economy. And so there are real you know, concerns around that. And you can see that in the behavior of, of the market, like on those days when it looks like there isn't going to be stimulus and you, you run into some issues like we did yesterday. Whereas today, now there's talk again that you might see some stimulus and you get a nice recovery-minded trade that sees the outperformance of small caps and cyclicals and value stocks. Um, so that's kind of how I perceive it. Um, as as uh, you know, the market wanting there to be both fiscal and monetary policy stimulus, I'm not so sure. You know, if if monetary policy is enough to kind of you know move the needle considerably anymore, and, and I say that knowing that you know it was vitally important at the March lows, and you saw the market respond you know so enthusiastically to the notion that you had. Uh, you know, a very easy Fed, obviously, and then you have the, the you know, the combination of very aggressive fiscal and monetary policy. But um, what we know right now, and what the market has come to believe and expect is that the Fed is not going to be running any interference for a long time as it relates to interest rates. And yet the market over the last, you know, six to eight weeks, you know, it's kind of gone sideways in a, in a bit of a, you know, roller coaster range. But But it hasn't been able to really break out, and so it suggests that kind of like the whole thrust of the easy monetary policy has been uh, discounted to a large extent. And now you need – you know, the market, I think, is is really keen on this idea that the bridge that the Fed has built with that easy monetary policy is going to ultimately lead to a period of where you do get stronger earnings growth, and that can kind of take over – as the main driver for the for the market
1: good stuff let's talk about the standalone economy maybe um with the holiday shopping season coming up i know amazon prime day is coming up i believe on october 13th and 14th that's sometimes next week um and then we get the back to school kind of already happened but we get the thanksgiving holiday shopping and that will run through christmas do you think there's enough from speaking with the economist at briefing.com? Is there enough in our economy to push um, holiday cheer through the retail sales? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do.
0: Uh, if you look at just simply, I mean, the personal savings rate is 14% right now. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of pent up spending potential there. Um, of course, you know, I say that they have to put a caveat on that is that, um, you know, some of that uh, obviously is going to be, uh, you know, spending out of uh, necessity, right? Uh, for some people um, who don't have the income to, you know, spend to wants, you know, they have to spend to need. But at the same time, you know, uh, do think that there's still enough spending potential in there to help bolster the discretionary side of things uh, and thus far there certainly hasn't been any indication really strong indication that the US consumers is going to fall off the map and uh, and US consumers love discounts and you can be assured you're going to see them at prime day and then throughout the you know entire holiday period which will have a different feel to it but likely one that's can continue to be accented with positive year-over-year
1: gains in terms of holiday sales. Inside your page one, Mr. O'Hare, you talked a little bit about Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, and Facebook. They're in my backyard. They're all within 10, 15 miles of me, essentially, <laughs> except for Amazon. So there's a lot of housing around here that I know people live in because they want to be close to work. and It concerns me when I start hearing about antitrust issues. Um, But I'm not going to make it about me. Let's make it about the companies. The House Judiciary Antitrust Subcommittee suggesting that the companies wield monopoly power and recommends changes to level the playing field. That essentially means Apple would have to split off its app store um, as a a basic idea there. What are your thoughts on this? Is this the start of something big, too soon to tell, or Congress moves so slowly, these guys are going to outthink them like they always have?
0: Well, I think that there's... You' kind of a wait and see mindset to see if you know there's really follow through um so I believe you know the the thrust of that view comes from the democratic side of the house Judiciary committee uh and I think you know being just today you know all those stocks are trading higher, you know so um so the market is you know and investors are kind of you know not you know uh getting roiled so much by the antitrust talk at this level. Um, you know, because it also hears some offsetting conversation on the Republican side that, you know, that some of these proposals could be too draconian and, and you know, they wouldn't necessarily be on board with with some of the recommendations. And so um, th- there's clearly a cloud hanging over these companies. I mean, they're going to have to continue to deal with these antitrust issues. But in terms of, you know, uh, how soon, uh, you know, all of this, would come to fruition. I don't think anyone's fearing, you know, anything happening imminently. And uh, therefore you can kind of sort of continue to take a status quo approach of seeing these as, you know, favored stocks and favored companies that, uh, you know, um,
1: are must owns for a lot of people. We've got less than two minutes. We've got about a minute. Any last thoughts you want to leave on us to uh, impart your wisdom? Well,
0: the market has been so keyed on, you know, political activities and um, the stimulus negotiations and uh, issues with China and you know, trade and whatnot. And so we're about ready to enter a period, believe it or not, that should hopefully have some sway. And that's the earnings recording season. The market's kind of like looked through some pretty bad earnings here, obviously. Um, so it's going to be an important reporting period only because uh, you know, you want to start hearing these companies project more positive mindsets as it relates to 2021 to help substantiate some of these uh, loftier evaluations.
1: So, listeners should really be attuned to that over the next few got, weeks. Got to cut you off. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news. Thanks. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. One of the statistics out that came out yesterday in a USA Today poll is that 56% of Americans predict a civil war in the United States if the elections don't go their way. I'm like, really? Really? Or will we just start watching reruns of Survivor or The Bachelor? The new Bachelor's on. I mean, I'm not going to Civil War. I'm just staying in. Uh, Microsoft said the Trump administration is questioning whether its commitment to promote more black managers violates civil rights laws. Can you believe this is the 21st century and we're talking about that? A big survey was put together from Jeffries, 5,500 people worldwide. On determining how COVID 19 has affected consumer behavior. The survey revealed major changes in how consumers are eating, working, traveling, and the implications. uh, The implications, that's easy for me to say, for commercial real estate. Holiday bookings are expected to lag through 2021. Bars and restaurants are slow to come back, and offices may not fill back up for a long time, if ever. There's a lot of information in this, and it spanned countries like Japan, China, UK, the United States, Italy, Germany, Hong Kong, India, Australia, Spain. The findings were pretty um, shocking. Holiday bookings are expected to lag through 2021. Um, They predict business travel will diminish far beyond 2021. Health, safety, and sustainability concerns make business travel, broadly speaking, a thing of the past. Virtual conferences will continue to grow in popularity while airlines and hotels will see a dip. In 2019, around 30% of US travel was for business. If you do the math on that, pull out the abacus, that's 334 billion two and a half million jobs. So all businesses are re-examining business travel. CFP Chad Burton was looking at his business travel in the last year, and he's like, whoa, saved a lot of money by not traveling and going virtual. He's not paying that much for the virtual conferences, the conference calls, as he was for the travel. Rock, scissors, paper, right? So the study talked about interest in bars and restaurants. Slow to come back, eating at home will be indefinitely higher. Um, there were some findings inside this survey about gems that. People just don't feel crazy comfortable with the idea of gyms going forward, and that should help companies like Peloton continue their recent success in revenue. 20% of respondents who went to bars and restaurants before the coronavirus pandemic have yet to return. There's a variety of factors contributing to this, with dining restrictions, of course. But Jeffries didn't really say restaurants are dead forever. I think restaurants will have to have higher cleaning budgets going forward maybe more spacing issues um but i'm with jeffrey's reading at home more that's a, a a dang truth offices probably won't fill back up for a while if ever on average consumers expect um an extra half day per week What's that mean, given how many cannot choose between work from home at all? Office-type workers seem likely to do a whole extra day of work a week at home. Um, This would obviously change city transport and office space. It would change pay instead of making 100K a year. Part of that was considered, you know, hey, thanks for coming into work and sitting at a desk all day. Maybe they'll pay you 80K. But working from home plans, Um, People expect that going forward. So maybe if you were going into work four days a week, taking Friday's work from home, then you're gonna be going into work three and a half days a week and taking a day and a half working from home. Not the most compelling story, but again, it's telling you that there's gonna be pre-pandemic ways of doing business, there's gonna be pandemic ways of doing business, and there's gonna be post-pandemic. Wow. Um, interesting stuff in my book. Let's go back to McDonald's real quick. I find the McDonald's versus Starbucks fight to be one of the better fights. I don't really see McDonald's going up against Wendy's. That's not a fair fight. I see McDonald's and Starbucks as two companies that I think you can own both. And that would be all the restaurants you need. McDonald's is adding baked goods to its permanent menu for the first time in more than eight years. Customers will be able to get an apple fritter a blueberry muffin or a cinnamon roll. The McCafe bakery items will be available all day long. Um, Through the years we used to go to Starbucks for coffee and then they started adding sandwiches and then they started adding breakfast sandwiches, trying to get us in there for breakfast. Breakfast sales are big. The more you can get people in your store, you got the idea, right? McDonald's breakfast sales have been under pressure as people are WFHing. What is WFH? Working from home. This disrupts the commute. This disrupts breakfast habits, and people are eating at home more, which goes back to that survey of this could be a, a real thing. Meal transactions at major restaurant chains fell 18% pandemic levels versus pre-pandemic levels. Lost breakfast sales accounted for more than half of McDonald's. Same-store sales declines in May. So breakfast is super important. Now, keep in mind, Wendy's did launch a breakfast menu nationwide. Um, Breakfast sales account for about 8% of Wendy's overall U.S. sales. But I see the real fight between McDonald's versus Starbucks. Um, I don't like McDonald's food. I don't go, this is the best thing I've ever had. But they've been selling Burgers and nuggets basically since I was a baby, if not before I was a baby with the burgers. They're, they're sticking around. Starbucks should stick around. I don't see a new flavor of coffee beating them. Every now and then we get like a Pete's coffee or Phil's coffee. But it doesn't feel right to say it's anything but what it is. McDonald's versus Starbucks. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial.